Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, before I dive into my topic this week, I want to urge you to sign up for the Great Man Digest. You can do that by going to greatman.tv and you'll see exactly where to sign up. This digest is full of great information, inspiration, links to podcasts, articles, all kinds of things that will help you be a great man. Now, listen, we're not going to sell your information and we're not going to try to sell you anything that doesn't have to do with being a great man. So, Just relax, enjoy it, get it every week, urge other people to get it. I think you'll find it helpful. I want to talk to you this week about what's going on in our national news about Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to be political. Uh, I don't, I'm leaving aside utterly whether the allegations are true. I'm leaving aside utterly whether you or I think he ought to be a Supreme Court justice. I simply want to talk about what's happening culturally about sexual issues and allegations and the Me Too moment and what's going on in our country, what this means for us. If you follow the story, you know that Brett Kavanaugh, an eminent jurist, Yale graduate, Yale law, Yale undergraduate, a federal judge, esteemed scholar, many, many cases, was nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump. And you know that after he was considered for a while, and it was pretty obvious he was going to be appointed, uh, there was an allegation made by a woman whom who alleged that he, that Brett Kavanaugh uh, accosted her when they were teenagers at a party when supposedly allegedly Brett Kavanaugh was drunk apparently he was according to her trying to uh, molest her trying to get her clothes off you know, trying to block her from screaming uh and according to the story which is murky and unclear uh, at this point, uh, some other guy jumped on them and knocked him off and the woman was able to run away. In the meantime, here in the just in the last 36 hours since I, I from the time I'm recording this podcast, another woman has begun to say something. Now, again, I have absolutely no knowledge whether these things are true. Uh, I'm not doubting the women. I don't doubt Brett Kavanaugh. I simply don't No, This thing will play out as it will play out politically. And it's it's going to be hard to watch. What I want to talk about, though, is the fact that something has happened regarding manhood and our culture uh, since the sexual revolution of the 1960s. And it is harming men, but I want to say right up front, it's harming men who have lived without a code. Let me quickly say, I am not saying anything about whether the allegations of Brett Kavanaugh are true. I do not know. But we know that there are many men out there who have lived the way society has urged them to live, and the allegations against them are true, and in a sense, society has played a trick on them. I'm not saying the conduct of the men was right. I'm not saying uh, that society was intentionally trying to trick them. But since the 1960s, as we all know, there's been a sexual revolution in our country, and free love and free sex and sex with whomever you wish to have sex with uh, was part of that value system. It was a, a, a liberation, so to speak, supposedly, a breaking free from earlier constraints of sexuality that were really rooted in a Judeo Christian worldview. 
So we've cast off those restraints. We see it in our media. We see it in our sexual conduct. We see it in the mores of our society. And so men gave themselves to it. Uh, men attended orgies. Men had sex with everybody they wanted to. I read a lot about 1960s history and rock history and cultural history and what have you, uh, because it's affected so much of our generation since then. And it, you know, f- the planes of rock stars were like, you know, f- flying orgies, and and um, the people who lived through that era talked about how how there was just sex happening all the time, free sex, free love. And then, of course, you get into the seventies and the eighties. And you still have a form of sexual liberation going on, um, though it may not quite be as orgiastic as in the 60s. But the same value system is there. Have sex with whomever you want. It's just sex. And since men were increasingly urged towards porn, and porn was an increasingly uh, large part of our society, as I've said before on this podcast, men were exposed to pornography that basically told them all women really want it. uh, They just have to be coaxed. They just have to be melted. They have to be helped to be less, quote unquote, frigid. Now, yeah, I'm being insulting because this was what our value, our, our culture said. And so men believed that they they were they should be dominators. They believed they should uh, take women. They believed it was their job to to coax women, to dominate them, to overpower them. That all women really wanted. They just were, you know, being overly protective or being too frigid or what have you. And so as a result, you have men who have lived a certain way. Uh, And now society is correcting itself. And let me say very loudly, society should correct itself because most of this sexual liberation has been on the backs of women. Most of the burden, most of the pressure, most of the price of the supposed sexual liberation has been on the backs of women, meaning they're the ones who have to bear the pregnancies. They're the ones who have to get or choose to get abortions. You already know that I'm, I'm pro-life, so I'm not saying that's a positive thing. Um, they're the ones who have to put, quote unquote, put out. Uh, they're the ones who have to deal with the devastations. And quite frankly, it's usually women who have to deal with the irresponsibilities of men who are chasing still other women uh, when they are married to these men. So all of that to say, that there's been a certain value system pushed by our society, by our movies, by our books, by our culture, by our philosophy, uh, by the example set by our stars, etc., etc., etc. We all know that that's what's going on in our society. And I want to say that many men are angry. Many men are feeling that they've been tricked. Many men are feeling they've been played. Hey, society pushed us in this direction, made sex cool, made sex fun, talked about free love, uh, pulled down all the barriers and constraints, uh, urged it on everyone, and then suddenly, like a big truck squealing on a highway with its brakes locked. The society does an about face and suddenly you have the Me Too movement. Suddenly you have uh, men being accused. Now, I am absolutely not in this podcast taking the side of immoral, unprincipled men who do not live according to a code of ethics. I am saying that I understand the thing going on in their head where society has pushed a certain value system. And now that we're paying the price for that, men are shocked and society is reversing itself. I think, for example, of Dustin Hoffman, just for a moment. Dustin Hoffman was an icon of the counterculture. He was in The Graduate, one of the great counterculture movies. Um, he was a, he was an actor who led the way and and was was in most of the popular films and 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 lived out a very 
uh, flagrantly immoral, from my perspective anyway, uh, lifestyle. He says as much. He had sex with lots of people and had sex on sets and you know, had a lot of marriages and, and went out on those women and so on. And so he's almost an icon of the 1960s counterculture. And now he's been accused of abusing women. And maybe he did. Again, I don't know. None of us know these facts for sure. But but you can imagine in his mind, he's thinking, wow, um, I, I, I come up at a time when all of this is being urged, when taking women, dominating women, pornography, free sex, free love. Um, and especially since he's a star, you know, he felt privileged that way. We heard Donald Trump talking about on that horrible tape years ago. And and now uh, he's he's being accused of cr- almost literally criminal activity at having his career damaged uh, because he lived out the values that society handed him. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying society is wrong. What I'm saying is men are paying the price for living the unprincipled lives society urged upon them. Please hear that. Men are paying a price for living the unprincipled lifestyles that society urged upon them. And I will say, I'm not even going to say that's unfair. Men chose to buy the values of society, live out the values of porn, mistreat women, and now there is a reckoning. And there's no way to stop that reckoning. Women are right to say we don't want to be abused. Women are right to say they want to go to college and not have 20% of all women on college and university campuses molested and sexually abused. Men are right to say they don't want to be felt up and in the Bill Cosby case, uh, even drugged uh, in order to have illicit sex. I could go on and on and on. And I got to tell you that since most of you listening to this podcast are good men, I know that you agree with me. I'm not just preaching. I'm saying there's a reckoning coming in our society. It needs to come. But men understandably feel somewhat tricked by society because society was urging this immorality. And the problem is they chose to do what society told them to do. And let me tell you what the solution is. A good man, a noble man, lives by a code of ethics. He lives by beliefs about how he ought to conduct himself that come from higher beliefs about who he is and what manhood is and what are, what's true in the world. And of course, I think all of that's pegged in a living God. So what we need to do is stop letting society determine what manhood is. That's been going on for decades. I know society is pervasive. It's strong. Culture is strong in our social media. It's strong in our movies. It's strong in our videos. It's strong in what we read. But we have got to realize that society, as powerful as it is, that our modern culture, as powerful as it is, can urge us in a, in a direction that is counter to noble manhood and can lead us to destruction. I'm not just trying to give a Sunday school lesson here. Yes, most of you know I'm a Christian. Uh, Yes, I believe in scriptural truth, but I'm urging you now to consider that when you just float along with the value society gives you, particularly regarding sex and relationship with women, you are going to be in trouble. You are going to be harmed. There is going to be a reckoning. And of course, I believe ultimately there's a reckoning with God, but there can also be a reckoning in this life and there can be a great price to pay. How many men 
um, have believed what society told them about having affairs in the workplace and going out on their wives and who knows what, have, having, having all kinds of sexual experiences and, and, and adventures. And it's led to destruction. It's led to destroyed families. It's led to, to destroyed marriages. It's led to kids who won't even talk to them because they blew up the home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What we need is an ethical code. And I want to suggest to you that the ethical code of a moral man, of an ethical man, of a great man, is that he understands that his job, his one of his roles in this world is to protect women, is to help them be even more noble, uh, and, and to live that way regardless of what society urges. I begin with the assumption, I begin with the belief that I am a man created in the image of God. I believe that I am a man who is created to live according to God's standards and God's truth. And that means that women are to be loved and protected and cherished. Yes, I'm physically stronger than most women. That's a gift from God to help protect women. It's not meant to use to dominate them and overpower them and take them sexually and rape and pillage their lives. And so my physical strength, your physical strength is to be used to protect women. And I believe that sexual activity is to be glorious in marriage, but not exercised outside of marriage. There can be some hand-holding, maybe some kissing in a dating life. But my belief is that part of this ethical code is that you, you live a life of morality and boundaries where sex is kept for marriage. And you don't simply live the value society is handling, handing you, which is just free love insanity that ends up leading to molestation and a kind of immoral lifestyle that damages lives. So I understand where men are coming from, where they feel tricked, but what we've got to do is embrace a moral code. And even if you don't agree with me, even if you're not a Christian and you don't agree with me about where the ethical lines are, like I'm saying, I believe that sex is for marriage and that there can be some light touching and kissing when you're dating, but, but that, but that sex intercourse, all of that is kept for marriage. So uh, I want to see glorious sex lives in marriage. I want to, I want I want men and women to have great time. I want that to be one of the reasons one of the reasons men get married. But we've of course got a society now that, in my opinion, is quite sick, and there is devastation happening. Not just because some women decided to you know start countering the trend that needed to happen, but because it was wrong to begin with. That's the thing I want you to get in this podcast. It was wrong to begin with. The, the counter-cultural uh, revolution, the sexual revolution of the 1960s led our society, led Western society in a wrong direction. And so what is the code you're living by? This is what I want to ask you. If you're going to be a man, you've got to live by a code. You live by a code that governs a lot of things that you do as a man, and it's a noble and a good thing. It's one of the things we admire about the Marines, that they live according to a code. You know, We admire guys in special forces because they live according to a code. But we've got to live according to a code as men. So what is your sexual code? I obviously urge you to consider the traditional Christian, Judeo-Christian value system of light touching being okay and dating, holding hands, kissing, hugging. That's fine. But, but sex, intercourse, 
all of the things that 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 are are meant to happen between a man and a woman happening in marriage and in marriage only. And if we'd had that value system, we wouldn't have had some repressed sick society in the last decades. We would have had a society that was safe. Women would have been protected. We wouldn't have 20% of women on college and university campuses molested. We wouldn't have uh, sexual predators happening in companies. We wouldn't have had molestation. We wouldn't have had women on, on subways and metros like we have here in D.C. being fondled and, and felt up by some guy because he thinks he's going to get her to be less frigid and become his sex partner, some stupid thing like that. You need to have a code. And even if you don't agree with me and my code and the traditional Judeo-Christian code that I live for, you have to have a code, not just because you might get accused, not just because your life might be tainted by a false accusation like Brett Kavanaugh's is being tainted right now, whether he goes to court or not, this will live over him for the rest of his life. Um, The fact is you need to live by a code because that's what a man does. So what is your code about ethical matters? What are your higher principles? And I strongly urge you to consider that your physical strength was meant to protect society, protect women, to make both men and women noble and to protect those ethical boundaries. I strongly urge you to consider that your sexual uh, capabilities was meant to be and desires were meant to be fulfilled in marriage. And I strongly urge you to consider that society has in fact lied to us. It has diminished manhood. It has made us dogs hanging out at the pole with our tongues hanging out and shoving twenties into some world, some girl's underwear. And that's not what men are made to be. Men are made to be protectors. Men are made to be disciplined. Men are made to keep themselves for marriage. Men are made to live according to a moral code. That doesn't mean now some narrow little puritanical, you know, sex once a year in the missionary position. I know I'm being graphic in this podcast, but I need to be to, to make connection. It means a glorious, passionate sexual relationship within the confines of marriage. But to take that out and generalize that society-wide leads to what we have now. The sexual revolution has failed us, and it has failed both men and women, and it's time for some noble men to live according to an ethical sexual code in the same way they live according to an ethical code in every other area of their life. Decide this. Even if you don't agree with me, decide what this is. Live it out, and let's let this Me Too moment in our Western history be a turning point towards a nobler version of manhood. I want you to be great men, and that means you have to live according to a code in all of your conduct, but certainly in regards to the opposite sex and to sex in general. Be the great men you are called to be. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, Go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.